Well, for months you've been training. Put your body to the test. Now you're fit and ready to mix it with the best. Thank you for tuning in to League Indeed for another week. My name's Ben, and with me, as always, is Sam, sitting resplendent to the right of me in his brand spanking new fatback hoodie. Zip up, no less. Are these oh. going to be commercially available? Well, I think so, and I think I might do some League Indeed ones because, as you know, my side hustle, as the kids like to, or the mums like to call it, is uh, making apparel. Fatback. Uh, yeah, so apparel. I started with some fatback ones, and they just... They turned out good. First time I haven't scrapped them and just chucked them in, in the bin, but these are buttes. So uh, if anyone wants one, get in touch with us. They are buttes. I'm sitting here in my brand new one as well. They look very, very nice. What have you been up to today? Well, as you know, I've got a two dogs. One's 13, one's 14, and uh, they've taken to pooing anywhere they want because they're old age and they just do what they want. They're boomers. So one of them pooed on the uh, hose today. And I thought, oh, I'll just hose it off. It was only a little one, <laughs> a little bit of a running one. And so I just thought I'd hose it off the hose because it was lying in a big, you know, length in the on the uh, lawn. And so, of course, when I was doing it, uh, the nozzle came off and sprayed me just before I had to take the kids to swimming. So I had to go in and change my shirt. Lucky I wasn't wearing my uh, brand new hoodie. But uh, that was my afternoon. <laughs> You should have given him a treat for being able to lay lay the poo along the length of the hose. That's pretty clever, I Yeah, thought. well, that's what it was. One of them must have started at one point and just run his bum along the hose. So. Yeah, good on those dogs. Yeah. Hey, anyway. right off the top, I want to start talking uh, the current news of the moment. Of course, uh, Adam Reynolds seems to have signed, well, not, not signed yet, but agreed in principle to joining the Brisbane Broncos. Um, for a three-year deal, something like seven fifty a year, something around that kind of area. What I want to get your thoughts on is what happened to the Sharks signing Craig Fitzgibbon, seemingly as a as a lightning rod for all the talent. All the talent oh. was just going to flock to Craig and the Sharks. That was the the yeah. theory behind sacking John Morris, and Good now. Point. They've had the best halfback in the comp snatched from underneath them, or in my opinion, the best halfback in the comp. Well, my news is that Milford's going there. Have you heard this? Have I, you heard that they've got strong interest in Anthony Milford? I heard rumblings about that, and you know what? I hate the Sharks enough to hope that it comes true. <laughs> but haven't they been playing pretty good? Like, oh, th- There's a dramatic uh, raise in form up there at the Broncos, maybe because they know that... Uh, Reynolds is coming up there. Do you think like the way they played on the weekend? Because they did play pretty good. They lost by one point, but they played pretty good. I thought, do you think that's because they're trying to impress the new halfback and they all knew about it? No, I think they knew a little while. And I'm absolutely certain that Wayne Bennett's got his grubby little hands all over this. And oh, you think he's going up to Brisbane and taking oh, Ranko with him? Well, they're saying now that the Broncos are going to sign Jaden Sewer, possibly... Um, one of the other South, oh, Dane Gagai. There's oh. all kinds of South guys. And you know Wayne's got something to do with this. There's got to be something else behind it because apparently the Broncos' offer was less than what the Sharks offered him. And they're all saying now, oh, it's a, it's a terrific lifestyle choice for Adam and he's just going to love it in Brisbane. He's, he's a rich young man who's lived in Sydney his entire life. I can't get why he wants to move to Brisbane, but... Anyway, I think it's a clever move from him though because they've got the kind of forward pack that he can he can thrive with and they can thrive with him. But there's something going on. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Wayne ends up 
up up there with him. Although, and the the whole expansion thing, we'll get into that a bit later. Well, it wouldn't be the first time. He's a <coughs> bloody flim-flam man, isn't he? Oh, really? he's a dickhead. I can't stand <laughs> He doesn't seem to have much loyalty to anybody, does he, apart from his own pockets? Wayne. huge. No, nobody. Not even, not even his not wife. Not even his missus. <laughs> or his bloody poor old son-in-law, Ben Eichen, who doesn't even <sighs> speak to him because he's married to his daughter and his daughter hates him even. Well, oh, that's that the word. The, yeah, yeah, right. So, and poor yeah. old Benny Eichen's got to get on TV every week and talk about him <laughs> just through gritted teeth. Is that... Uh, actually, now they're talking about commentators. How many drinks are commentators allowed to have before they go on air? Oh, as many as they want. So is it... Do you think like they get into a little green room or the hospitality suite there at the stadiums and then they just go bonkers with it? Because... Well, the reason why I say this, sorry before you answer that, the reason why I say this is because I'm 100% sure that Gus Gould and Rabbits were pissed on Thursday night commentating on the Melbourne and Souths game because I was unlucky enough to catch the Channel 9 uh, telecast of it. And there was one bit where Munster did a one-on-one steal and I reckon Gus Gould went on about it for about seven minutes. Oh, he's the king of the one-on-one steal. He's like a thief in the night and he's crapping on. So he's either drunk or he's getting old, which is both. But I'm sure he was drunk. And Rabbits was calling Jay Arrow and, you know, like usually he doesn't get those names wrong. He usually gets all the other kind of names wrong and I think you know what I'm talking about there. But, uh... Yeah, so what's the <laughs> what's the day breathalyzing before they get on or not? No, I was just I was going to say a they're senile, senile both of them. So <laughs> there's that. But you you we we've got first hand experience with the um, obviously they're on a higher plane than than us. But it's always encouraged in the entertainment industry. Oh, just have a just have a little shot of scotch, mate. It'll just loosen you up and you'll be able to perform better. And then before you know it, you've had 14 schooners and three cans of rum and then you've got to go and play a gig <laughs> or, or commentate a game. And I, I'd got no doubt that kind of thing goes on at Channel 9 and Fox Sports. They just have a couple of little sneaky ones out the back just to loosen up the bloody, loosen up the lips and the brain. Don't you reckon? Oh, well, yeah, for sure. I'd like to know if anyone actually knows. Has anyone actually seen them in the hospitality suite no. chucking schooners down? That'd go on for sure. <laughs> Good on them though, but geez, it was hard to listen I, to. I wouldn't even know because I refuse. I don't know why, why do people keep putting themselves through it though? That's what I want to know. Everybody, oh, I can't stand bloody Rabs and Gus and oh, I just watched them on, on the bloody show and I hate them. And there's other TV programs around, you know, that you, you don't have to watch Rabs and Gus. No. I don't. I hate them. I hate a few people on Spock Sports too, but I can tolerate most of them. Uh, what else you want to talk about? Well, I think that was about it. Maybe blokes like Brandy Alexander should turn up pissed. They might be a little more entertaining. Mm, oh, don't I don't want to talk about ben commentators Iken. anymore. Ben Eichen should have a few. Mad. They're a bit serious. I want to talk about, um, I, I mentioned, I, for, I foreshadowed this a couple of weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, that I think that New South Wales, when Tommy Turbo came back and ruined whoever that first game he was, ruined the opposition's hopes and dreams, and said, I said on this program that he, you can't really overlook him for the New South Wales fullback spot, and it seems to be gathering pace because all the media types, Gus and Rabs included, all the Channel 9, all the Fox Sports types are all talking up and saying, well, maybe Turbo's the option at fullback. What well, do you think? Well, I know that 
Uh, Tedesco's the incumbent. They love using that word, and so do I. Uh, but they always seem to say, okay, well, we'll just put Turbo on the wing. But he's not a winger, he's a fullback. So why don't you put Tedesco on the wing and put Turbo at the back there? Like, why is why has it got to be that... Um, just because the bloke's played in the last five series or whatever that he's he's got to play there, but I reckon Tedesco's down on form. Do you think? Well, I heard I heard them discussing it tonight on one of the shows, and they said, well, I think it was Brandy Alexander actually who said that. Well, you can't get rid of Teddy Terry Ted Tedesco because he's got the runs on the board at Origin level, and he's always and and they said. And the only way, or Brandy said, the only way he's losing his spot to Tommy Turbo is if he, he doesn't perform at origin level. And I thought, hang on, how many series has he won as the New South Wales fullback? Isn't that the be-all and end-all? Yeah. Well, I don't know how many he has, so I might be talking clean well, out no, of my it's not, it's not many. It's, it's definitely not but many. in my mind, if New South Wales want to win, they've got to pick the best team available, which is what they say they always do, and they always say they pick teams on form, but they never do. But Tom, can you imagine Tommy Turbot? Tur- He'd he tear into pieces. I mean, Terry Ted Tedesco's a hell of a player for sure, but if you're picking on form... Yeah. Poof. Well, on the same note, do you pick Jerome Luai to partner... Um, Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that's what do. I think as well. But and they keep saying, "Well, no, we're going to pick Whiten because we love big, we love big five eights like bloody T Baz and Freddie Fittler. They're living in 1994." But hang on, Whiten's never played five eights for New South Wales. No, so, exactly, so and he's playing how, like an absolute uh, busted oh, asshole at the moment. Very, very down on form. And so, yeah, by this logic, you have to pick Luai because he's got the combination as well. Because wasn't that the whole point of picking? Reynolds and Cody Walker a couple of years ago, or last year even, because of the bloody combinations. Mm, and it failed. Anyway, well, let's uh, let's make a promise to ourselves that we're going to pick our origin teams for next week. What do you say? Oh, yeah, I can't wait. I love that time of year where we all get in there and we put our crazy-ass selections in. I've got some absolute mind blowers. you got some for bolters? We'll, we'll pick them. Look forward to that next week. Explosive news this morning has erupted that uh, Terry Trent Robinson, this coach of the Sydney Roosters, has been whacked on the on the wrist or the knuckles, uh, as it may be, with a ten thousand dollar fine for calling into account the referees after the debacle last week, where uh, Drew Hutchinson suffered a broken rib and a punctured lung, and Terry Ted Tedesco went down with another HIA, and ter- uh, Terry Trent. Uh, said that it just was not good enough and that the refs were incompetent. Incompetence are very Meanwhile, or not meanwhile, directly afterwards or soon afterwards... Erstwhile. Ricky Rick Stewart decided to say the F word in his bloody press conference. <laughs> the F word! I could scarcely believe it. I'd never heard this word before. Neither had my family. We're all gathered around to watch our weekly... Ricky press conferences we love to do. And Ricky sits there and says, Fuck! At the top of his bloody voice and gets off with a warning. Can you believe it? Oh, I don't know what's going on there at Fleet Street with all these... Is that where the headquarters yeah, is? Yeah, Phillips, Phillips Street. Same thing, Fleet Street. Where they sit around doling out fines to everybody. That oh. must be the richest organisation in the world with the amount of fines that these blokes cop uh, every week. But um, Well, do you think that justice was served to Trent and not to Rick or vice versa? <laughs> well, you know I'm no fan of Trent Robinson. I'm no fan of the bloke. I have never have been. I actually can't stand him. I hate the bloke. But... 
They came straight out, straight away after his press conference and said, oh, we're going to sack both of those. They'll play no further part in this weekend. Those two, uh, whoever they were, the video refs, who missed the thing on um, Hutchison. But i got to say, hang on, let me let me just unpack this. This is a, That's a good word that I like to use is unpack this because, A, I didn't think there was much in it. In the knees, in the back. I don't think it was intentional. Oh, it was come like, on, mate. It wasn't like a Billy Slater come flying on. away from 40 metres away and, and driving in with the knees and everything. I thought it was like... It, it, I watched it because I thought, we're going to talk about it on the show. I know he's going to bring it up. So I watched it and I thought, he's a, it's going to be a hard time to back out of that. But anyway, so Trent going off and calling everybody incompetent and carrying on like he could have just said oh well, i thought they missed that one and uh maybe they'll go back and they'll have a look at that on well Monday he said he morning. did he said he did miss the terry ted high shot oh i didn't see it you oh. did so trent you liar <laughs> jesus christ and he absolutely i've got to take you to task before i forget to he absolutely meant those knees in the back he should have been sent off Dylan Brown. Yeah. Mm, after that. That was scoring. disgraceful. Poor old Drury Hutchinson slow enough as he is, and now he's got a bloody deal with a broken rib and a punctured lung. Well, what I've got to say about the fine is, is how can they fine a bloke for agreeing with them? Well, I forgot about the, the uh, <laughs> probably the, the clincher, is that it's a suspended $10,000 fine. Oh, of course. So they might as well just give him a box of chocolates and a... <laughs> <laughs> and no. a reach around. <laughs> no, they should have said, now listen, what you need to do is you need to write us a 400 word on A4 paper, write us an apology. Oh, I, I thought he he said exactly what, I mean, Annesley came out on That's what I mean, Monday he disagreed with yeah, what they eventually said. You can't, if, every, if every bloody, if every coach was allowed to come into the press conference and say exactly what went wrong, and then Annesley came out and I mean, it happened not not too long ago with Ricky when he said that that forward pass was a shit of a call against whoever the Raiders lost to. Oh, yeah. And then Annesley came out and said that he was correct and apologised for it. But everyone forgets about that. But now Trent does exactly the same thing. Oh, Trent Robinson's really got his bloody pulse on the, on the dick of the game, hasn't he? <laughs> or his thumb on the dick pulse of the game. Jesus Christ. He's held up as a saint, this bloke, and he shits me to... Jeez, and he's got form. It's not like it's yeah, his first defence. He's been fined multiple times before for calling in to question the performance of referees and such. Poor old Ricky is a master of it. Gets away with a slap on the wrist <laughs> and a warning for saying that bloody dreaded F word in a co- in a press conference. And Trent walks out of it the saint somehow. I don't know how. That oh, happens. I see what you're saying. The way they're portrayed. Right, and so, it's yeah, obvious, so, isn't it? I mean, everyone calls Ricky a whinger. Oh, and, that, yeah, I agree with you there. Absolutely, oh, whinging, whinging Ricky's. And out he of is, the he's absolutely a whinger, but he's not the only whinger. Oh, uh, yeah. Trent Robinson's as big, if not bigger, whinger and bigger fuckface than Ricky is. I tell Jesus. you what, he's far, far oilier. <laughs> well, I think um, Ricky only kind of muttered. Someone asked him a dumb question or something, didn't they? And he went, "Oh." Fuck. Like that under his under his yeah, but breath, you can't say he? it. You can't bloody say it. <laughs> it's <laughs> filth. 
I don't want to hear filth when I'm watching the bloody press what? conferences, a weekly press conference okay. with my family. Well, what about if you settle down to watch the game and then one of these bullfed footballers comes in right next to the ref's microphone and starts going, oh, you fucking, 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 starts fucking. Happens all the time. But I know, no, but. My kids don't mind that because they know it's in the heat of the battle oh, and the passion and the bloody, but, 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 and the brain that, damage. Wouldn't you say that for the coaches that is the heat of the battle, the press conference, that's their battle and they get heated? They no. get hot? No. If I was Ricky, I'd be hot. But I'd not at the refs. I'd be hot at his fucking players. Moment of truth. Today's the day. Well, while we're on the subject of press conferences, just before we get into it, though, I just want to uh, <laughs> apologise for my pronunciation of the word oilier. Or is it <laughs> oilier even a word? I'm going to have to add that to my list of words that I can't say properly, like Christmas. <laughs> I don't think you had a problem with Christmas. Hang on. Now you're making me think about how I say Christmas. Well, I have to really concentrate when I say it. <laughs> I like to pronounce the T in Christmas. Oh. Well, maybe that's a hint. Christmas. Christmas. Oh, yeah. That's the way to say it. I tend to say the ch at the start of it. I think I read it phonetically or something. Christmas. <laughs> oh, I'm not very well educated, but... Uh, the Kyle Flanagan, flyblown son of flyblown Kyle Flanagan, got up front of the cameras yesterday, I think it was, uh, to answer questions about his poor performance on the weekend prior. And apparently all the journos had requested him to be the bulldog that fronted the cameras. And poor old Kyle broke down and cried. Now, as a result, the Bulldogs organisation as a whole has come under attack today from the, the media saying that they should never have put Kyle in front of the cameras and that he was in a highly emotional state, and that he didn't know he was about to be dropped from the team for this week's game against Canberra. What do you think? Well, he only got emotional when they asked him about his silly old dad. Exactly. And I think that's been the the point that's been missed, is that, yeah, they they asked him about how his old man had got him through the hard times as a father and a coach, and and he just got a bit choked up. That happens to a lot of people when they talk about their family. Yeah, and so he didn't know he was about to get dropped, but he probably could have read the writing on the wall after he got hooked for Lachlan Lewis, I oh, think. Oh, I don't think so at all, because they've dropped him for bloody Jake Avarillo, haven't, haven't they? they? No, no, they got, oh yeah, Avarillo's at halfback and they got Brandon Wake and Wakeham in number six. Well, so. I don't mind him, but I don't think Jake Avarillo's, I mean... No, well, where's Lockie? Is he injured again? Is yeah, he? yeah, he so got a, got he a got concussion an or something. Injury. Oh, okay, so, yeah, geez, I don't know. I think he, uh, I don't know, you have to be going pretty bad, though, to get dropped from the Bulldogs at the moment, don't you? Well, yeah, yeah you're right. But, yeah, I don't agree with it. I don't think the Bulldogs are at fault at all. They wanted to talk to Kyle. And he said, yep, no worries. And apparently they briefed him about the kind of questions he'd get asked. And they said, no worries. He said, no worries. Kyle was fine with it. And But just the, I don't know, the, 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 the mock outrage. Oh, how dare they treat a player like this and put him in the, in the press conference in such an emotional state. He wasn't emotional. No, he was he's just fine. answering a question. Maybe they should have said, okay, well, give us a look at those list of questions. Oh, no, hang on. Shane's out of bounds. Like, don't ask him about his old man. He gets choked up. Well, even if he had been, <laughs> like, even if they had said, we're going to ask you about how your old man's helping you, Kyle probably went, yeah, no worries. And he would have been fine. But in the moment, you might just go. 
Yeah, he did that, did that thing where his top lip got stuck to his gums and he... Yeah, and it was fun. Oh. I love seeing a bit of human element about the players. And But then they're saying, oh, well, and then they should, after that, they should have just let him play in the bloody team and try and prove himself. I think people forget that he's, he's not a kid anymore. He's 22. Well, let's he, not he's forget... He's been around. He's been sacked from clubs before. I'm sure he can handle getting dropped and put into Reggie's for a while. Well, let's not forget that he was the one that came out at the start of the year and said that the Bulldogs were building the team around him and everything. So he put himself up on a pretty big pedestal and I reckon made himself a pretty big target for the media. And so the media wouldn't be doing their job unless they requested him because he's good TV. He's good content. Exactly. So I've got no problem with the Bulldogs. I've got no problem well, with Kyle. If people are going to be outraged, be outraged at the journos for asking it, asking for no, it. No, no, why? Well, that, well, that's what I mean. Don't be outraged at anybody. Just, <laughs> exactly. Just, that's what I mean. If you're going to have to be outraged, don't be outraged at the Bulldogs. He's a player for fuck's sake. Like he has hey, to hey, front the hey. media. Stop swearing. <laughs> he has to front the media. That's yeah, well, part don't of their swear, contract. Mate. Don't bloody swear. And, like, well, they should have been outraged if they said, look, we, we want Kyle Flanning. And then he didn't front up like bloody Wayne Bennett's not going to do to the fans this week at bloody Magic Round. Well, we'll talk about that later. Or we can talk about it now. Talk about it now. <laughs> Don't get mad at me. <laughs> You're the one swearing. I dropped one F-bomb. Sorry. Oh, disgraceful. I'll put the little E next to this on the podcast this week. That means explicit content. You'll get a warning no, we from won't. the NRL. My family listens to this, but actually they don't. They don't. Uh, yeah, so Wayne Bennett apparently, reportedly, has been refused to uh, attend the new little initiative that the NRL's got going on at Magic Round this weekend in Brisbane where they're going to have the press conferences with fans invited. <laughs> and Wayne said, no, fuck that. Do you think so, he's right? Well, no, because he should have to front, he should have to play along with everyone else. <laughs> like, why is he exempt from it? Like, what's bloody, so, hang on, let me just backtrack here for a second. So is it going to be one of those crosses where uh, we're, we're going over to Jake Duke and he's live at Panthers and then there's a whole bunch of piss people in the background all trying to grab his dick and stuff? No, no, no. You know, after the game, in like the regular press conference, you oh, know, yeah, yeah. after the game, but yeah. there's not going to be just journos. It's going to be fans. Oh, fans. And they're going to be able to ask him, so Wayne, why'd you split up with your missus? I don't know. Probably. But I don't blame Wayne one <laughs> iota and I can't believe any other coaches agreed to it. Come on. Come on. Can you imagine? Oh, it's the best thing I've ever heard. So fans get to ask the coaches questions at the There's press conference. There's going to be 40,000 oh, drunk Queenslanders no. all trying to get in there and ask, <laughs> ask the coaches a question. This is the best thing ever. Oh, and I, it's shame so on, stupid. Shame on you, Wayne Bennett, for not going along with this because this is a wonderful initiative from the NRL. Can you imagine the kind of questions that they're going to get? Oh, I know, and that's what I love about it because, like, do you do you think Thurston was the best player you've ever fucking seen? Wayne, Wayne, Thurston, <laughs> Jonathan Thurston, mate. Do you think he was the best player you've ever fucking seen, Wayne? If there was questions like that at question time, I would hundred percent behind it. 100% behind it because you never Actually, know. Actually, you're kind of you're bringing doing. me around to it now. I kind of <laughs> You just brought yourself around. Yeah. Imagine it. Oh, I can imagine it. What would you ask, uh, say, Trent Robinson if you were allowed in there? Uh, hmm. Trent. Geez, you put me on the spot. What's your skincare regime? Trent, how do you get such a fine sheen? <laughs> <laughs> Ricky, why are you so dry? Ricky. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, excuse me, Trent. 
Why can we understand you when you're clearly French? <laughs> Trent, say something French for us. <laughs> I could just imagine. It's a wonderful initiative. Oh, God, I'm 100% on board. I wonder if they have to pass the mic around. There'd be blokes like wrestling over. <laughs> well, that'd be a new thing because you can't hear any of the journos at the press conference anyway. So, hope to God they do have a wireless mic. That's been one of my bugbears the whole time I've been watching bloody football. You could grab the mic and just drop a huge fart into it. That'd be that'd be good TV. Uh, we got a question from uh, Dale from North Queensland. <laughs> now that I'd watch. Well, after a scheduling conflict left us bereft of history last week, we've got Craig from Goolagong back on the line. Craig, before we get started, as a tragic Raiders fan, I just want to get your thoughts on the current state of the green machine, if you don't mind. Uh, well, that was nice of you to put down my absence to a scheduling difficulty. It was, in fact, uh, a penalty from the NRL for my comments uh, <laughs> at GIA Stadium um, towards Mr. Ben Cummins. Oh, you let loose. Uh, you copped a spray, oh, didn't you? I did. It was, it, it, was, uh, it was my first time seeing him in the flesh since that moment that we... You know, oh, we, of course, yeah, the, the six again. Contrary. Oh, I, yeah, I, well, I, I saw him then, and he copped it off me then. <laughs> oh, mate, did he get an absolute gobful. Um, he, him and the trainer, the trainer for uh, the Roosters. They both uh, copped it that night. Anyway. Sure. But the, 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 I, I don't know, it had been the, the, the year of ISO in between where I didn't go to a game. So it was my first game in oh, yeah. over a year, and You're... I was in a bit of a, 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 a state <laughs> um, I was sitting next to my auntie, and uh, there were some Rabbitohs fans just in front of me, and uh, I frightened them off by about three quarters through through the game. Do, do you think? Um, do you think yeah, that so. the right? Do you think they're going to go all right? Is is this week the fi- the week that they finally make things right, or do you think is it, are they a write off? Oh, he can. I it does look really bad. Um, mm. I, I'm uh, king of the pozos, um, but it's um, there's something amiss. Yes. Obviously, um, I'm not quite sure what it is, but um, second halves, uh, the manif- manifestation of the illness, the sickness at the heart of the green machine. Well, we might do a little bit deeper investigation later in the podcast, but let's. Uh, what have you got for us tonight, vis-a-vis history um, of rugby league? Well, last time we spoke, uh, we spoke about uh, the little master, Clive Churchill, and um, the fella who welcomed him to Sydney first grade was the notorious Newtown prop, Mr. Frank uh, Bumper Farrell. And I thought I would investigate uh, the life and works of Mr. Bumper Farrell because uh, he's one of those characters, once again, who you hear about um, and sort of know their role in the grand scheme of things. But uh, the details are always interesting, as I think we'll find out this evening, fellas. We have a cracker. Now, Bumper Farrell, um, born in Surrey Hills, lived in Redfern, Tempe, Arncliffe and Marrickville when he was a kid. He uh, was a bit of a roughnut. His... um, 
His nickname, Bumper. How do you think he got that, fellas? No idea. He, uh, well, you'd think uh, being a bustling front row forward, uh, bumping people out of the way might have been the derivation of that name, but it actually came from when he was a kid and he used to uh, scavenge the streets of Marrickville looking for bumpers and oh. uh, cigarettes. I was going to say that and I thought, I don't want to be silly during it. <laughs> during yeah, a no. He, was, uh, he, he loved a durry, oh. uh, even as a little tyke. Uh, and on the streets of Marrickville, he learnt uh, pretty early how to fight. Now, let um, me. I, he was born. What? When was he born? In the twenties or? Nineteen seventeen. Nineteen seventeen. Um, so, just so towards the end of the First World War in Sydney. Now, um, Surrey Hills back in the twenties and the thirties wasn't Surrey Hills that we see today, was it? Uh, all those in a, in a ring of suburbs um, just outside the city were very working class and very depressed yep. um, in those years. Um, it wouldn't have been an easy life. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, Frank's parents uh, were employed. Um, I think his mum was an ironer and his dad uh, did, had a, like a career type job. Um, but um, left to his own devices on the streets of Marrickville, he uh, developed a reputation as a fighter. There was a bloke who was lauded over everyone at a, a, a cinema on Addison Road in Marrickville, and Bumper um, took his opportunity to give the guy a thrashing. His brother said he beat the shit out of him. <laughs> um, and thus, uh, he was well-placed in the, the Marrickville uh uh, culture and the local club was Newtown and one of the first questions they asked you when you join Newtown is can you fight and of course Bumper could that's also a question they used to ask police when they joined him and in 1938 uh, Bumper Farrell joined the Newtown Jets the Blue Bags and also the New South Wales Police Force oh, same um, year yeah, yeah. Um, so he was like he's uh, what uh, 21, yeah. um, and he's, uh, he's he signed up with the Blue Bags and played with them for another 13 years. Um, he became uh, captain in 1943, and that year they thrashed the Bears and took the premiership. Uh, and then from 46 to 51, he was a captain coach. He played 250 games all up. Um, and is seen as the greatest blue bag of all time. Um, but, you know, that uh, he was 13 years a footy player, but 36 years a policeman. And his reputation uh, as a policeman has probably uh, transcended that of him as a footballer. He um, ended up as the head of the vice squad in King's Cross in 1966, and if you know your Sydney history, I know, Ben, you've been checking out Leviathan. Um, yeah. You're getting an idea of what uh, uh, Sydney in the 60s was about. And uh, it, it was a time when the press seemed to think that the, the cross was quiet. But if you look at the social history of the time, it was by no means quiet. Um, yeah, Bumper ruled with an iron fist. He ruled with fear. He bashed people. Who he didn't like the look of um, his uh, proactive policing, I suppose it would be called in a way. Um, but he r ruled with terror throughout the inner city of Sydney, uh, and he was a pretty scary man. He was also a singer. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> he, um, he, he was of Irish extraction, 
and fancied himself as a bit of a balladeer. His taste ran towards the sort of more comic end of the Irish folk spectrum. He's uh, uh, He had a, a favourite song called Phil the Fluter's Ball, uh, another one called Who Threw the Overalls in Mrs Murphy's Chowder. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, the story songs, uh, you'd have to say. He also used to sing the, the Ballad of Les Darcy, which is about how the, the terrible Yanks killed Les Darcy. Um, Frank was also of Catholic extraction, and uh, as was most of Marrickville at that time. And it was... Uh, uh, your Irish heritage was often on display. Um, Frank, uh, he looked. And I knew. Have you seen a photo of Bumper? Yeah, I Ever? have it. I'm just looking at his Wikipedia now. He, he certainly looked he, the part. He looks like a thumb with cauliflower ears. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He's uh, a, a little bit like Shrek, a little bit like Dracula. He's um, no, a very scary man. He. Um, he was once, uh, after he finished playing footy at his testimonial dinner, one of his fellow teammates suggested to Bumper that um, in the last few years of his career, his cover defence wasn't up to much. And uh, Bumper took exception to this, and after the testimonial dinner was saw a milk cart, uh, a horse-drawn milk cart running down the street in Marrickville, and went and tackled the horse and knocked it over completely and spilt the milk and said, no bastard's going to tell me I can't cover the fence. <laughs> he was um, a tough old boy, uh, as you can tell. Uh, his family, there's a, there's a biography written by a fellow called Larry Ryder. He's a good Australian writer, wrote a terrific book about the Sydney Razor gangs called Razor, um, which they made a terrible bloody... Uh, underbelly about, um, but the book's really good. Anyway, um, he wrote a book about Bumper, and he spoke of the feral children all insist that they had no idea when growing up that their father was different to other kids. As a policeman, as a footballer, and as a father and a husband, Bumper Farrell was deeply eccentric, one of a kind. Maureen, Susan, Frank, and Tony delighted in recalling Bumper's idiosyncrasies, how he drank his tea or chicory beverage, Straight from the saucer after blowing it cool. He quaffed rum and milk with a flag owl chaser, went barefoot and held his pants up with a rope. He had a habit of scratching his stomach just to the left of his navel, so all of his old T-shirts had holes in the same place. He groomed his hair with brill cream and olive oil and for sore throats swore by uh, swallowing a spoonful of Vicks Vapor Rub. And when his family was suffering, he ensured that they too took Dr. Farrell's all-purpose panacea. He, was, uh, he loved uh, methylated spirits for wounds, which he had plenty of, uh, and he'd use it as aftershave as well. <laughs> He's, uh, yeah, quite a character. He was accused in uh, the, the mid-40s of uh, biting off the ear of Bill McRitchie, uh, a St. George uh, fellow who was originally from Queenian, so he's obviously telling the truth. Um, <laughs> he complained that Bumper had bitten his ear and he spent 22 weeks in hospital getting skin grafts to oh. reattach his ear. And that was about the same time as it took the uh, the rugby league to determine 
by 15 votes to 13 that Bumper was not guilty of biting the ear off. Someone did, but it, uh, they reckon it wasn't Bumper. Bumper's excuse was that he didn't play with his teeth in, so how could it possibly <laughs> be him? Oh, I love it. I wonder how he got off that charge being a member of the Surrey Hills uh, oh, Vice Squad. It might have had something to do with yeah. it, and I think uh, justice delayed is justice denied for Mr McRitchie. Sounds a bit right. sitting there in hospital for 22 weeks oh. whilst uh, the world hears about uh, uh, Bumper first being a, a, a vampire and then... Uh, uh, Press coming out later on suggesting he's always a top bloke and the best policeman on the block uh, that we have. Um, I think it might uh, be a bit illustrative about uh, Mr Bumper Farrell that after he finished being a policeman in 1976, he became the head of security at News Limited working for Rupert Murdoch. Oh, right. Oh, dear. We'll leave it at that, will we? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So... That's our mate uh, Bumper Farrell, named because of his penchant for smoking little bumpers off the street. Um, next week is a, uh, a fella from France who's uh, named for a similar reason, uh, but I'll, I'll leave you in suspenders. Ooh. <laughs> beautiful. All right, another wonderful. fascinating look at the beautiful, wonderful, colourful history of rugby league. Thanks again, Craig. We'll talk to you next week. Right, See ya. See you, mate. Bye. Mrs. Murphy's chowder Nobody spoke So he shouted all the louder It's an Irish trick that's true I can lick the mick that threw The overalls and Mrs. Murphy's chowder That was a wonderful little trip down memory lane And it got me thinking So I just had a quick look on Google here To see if I could find out who uh, In the rugby league Sphere used to be a copper because you were talking about it not long ago how they used to bring the little title up under their name when when players actually had jobs. Yeah, some of them were storemen, forklift operators, but there was plenty of coppers, policemen. Uh, so it turns out Johnny Raper was a copper, mm. Craig Young, Paul Sirinan, Rod Silver, uh, Glenn Morrison, prize <laughs> dickhead. Jesus. Uh, who's now the coach of the Cleveland Rugby League. Put me off them forever. I'm going to support someone else now. Um, who else? Well, Jeff Bugden. But the famous one that they've missed, Mal Meninga. No. Yeah, Brisbane Copper. Was he really? He was indeed. What kind of uh, training did they have to do back in the 80s to be, oh. 70s and 80s to be a copper? <laughs> Probably had to do a lap around the oval and then and see if they could smoke a packet of darts without spewing, maybe? I don't no. know. Here's your certificate, Mel. We'll <laughs> see you on Monday after you get your leg fixed, after you get your arm padding on and uh, we'll see you and you can, uh, I think you can conduct traffic and dance. I've got a feeling he quit before he started playing footy. Oh, so he's I think, a cop before. I, I'm not yeah. sure, but I know he definitely he was a copper. Well, there you go. I never knew that. Yeah. But anyway, speaking of blokes who look like coppers, Matt Parrish. Now, oh. we promised you, loyal listeners, that mm. we were going to do a bit more digging, but it turns out a bloke called George Clark from, the, from somewhere, Fox Sports, I think he's a, a pommy. Anyway, he did a deep dive into the Matt Parrish saga at the Samoan uh, Rugby League organisation. And turned up all kinds of juice on, uh, uh, got plenty of players to talk to him about it. Uh, Sia Soliola, uh, Josh Papali'i, uh, Frank Pulatua, all highly respected 
um, blokes around the rugby league, not not just in the rugby league, but amongst their peers as well, and they lifted the lid. And uh, it seems that Matt was getting girls back to the hotel, drinking sessions till all hours on game days, um, mm. not letting them wear their traditional dress to, you know, they'd go out to visit schools and stuff, and the Samoan custom is to wear their, uh, you know, their sarongs or whatever it is. And Matt would say, no, nah, just wear bloody track, track suit pants, mate. See, now that's ridiculous. And so now I know why they're not, because we, we intimated it last last week, didn't we, that there was a problem with him. And so now this bloke's lifted the lid. That's uh, We knew it, though, didn't we? Well, that that was the report that the, that there was um, things that, that the Samoan players didn't agree with on his methods and stuff, but all of the detail came out this yeah, week. Yeah, yes, yes. And so they were all saying that we could be a nation like Tonga who have done really well, and I think Tonga have beaten Australia, New Zealand and England they at have. some point, haven't they? They've beaten all big three, the big three, and so why can't Samoa do that uh, is what they're saying. And so now we know why, because this idiot's in charge still, and they've knocked back bloody Freddie and Joey and Sonny Bill. But so, it, Matt Parrish has got support in higher places. Yes, so did, uh, did what's his name, George? George uh, Clark. George Clark lift the lid on who Matt Parrish has got nudes of. No, well, well, I didn't. I don't know because it's all well and good saying, "Oh, well, this is what he did. We had girls and drunk girls, and we didn't get. We had to wear our tracksuits and blah blah blah." But I want to know more. I want to know why he's in charge. Well, I think he's quite friendly with whoever the bosses are. They did mention George Clark did mention who the bosses of the Samoan Rugby League is, but uh, one of them was one of the high up. You know, he's high up and involved with it all. Is the the Samoan Prime Minister? Oh, so Matt's got him in his back pocket. Well, who knows? Who Gee, knows? This is intriguing. Maybe yeah. Ray Hadley's wife might, might have slept with the Samoan <laughs> Prime Minister and that's where it all sort of weaves in together. Well, see, this is what I don't understand. Ray Hadley seems to me to be the type that could ruin somebody and, like, ruin them properly. Well, I think he think he likes to think he is, but, oh, but okay. he obviously doesn't stretch that high. He doesn't have the clout that I thought he did then. No, no, he's like Alan Jones. Alan Jones thinks he can ruin everyone too. Mm. I read something today from him that he said that uh, pay TV would never take off for the rugby league It was because it was a tribal game. Shows how much Alan knows. Anyway, I digress. But yeah, I think uh, a little bit. There might be a bit few, even even more detail come out about this saga in the in the coming weeks. And I, for one, look forward to to uh, letting all our listeners know about it. Well, I suppose we better talk about the stupid bloody football now. <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm, 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 I think it happens every year. I think I get more involved with the off-field stuff than the on-field because. Well, that's all part of it, isn't it? It's like you don't have, re- oh. you know, you can't just watch this game. You got to get invested in the whole soap opera of it all. That's the big a, appeal of rugby league, isn't it? It's the richest of well, tapestries. It's why isn't it's it? the greatest game on earth because you don't hear about all this stuff coming out of AFL and bloody silly old bloody soccer. Jesus well, Christ. Round nine kicked off with the Rabbitohs having their title hopes ruined because everybody knows that you can't win the comp after conceding 50, which is exactly what the Storm did to them. Mm. With Josh Addo Carr 
Six tries. Six tries. That's a record, isn't it? Is that a record? Uh, yeah, since 1950. I oh. think uh, a bloke called Jack, someone or other, played for Newtown. Well, probably around Bumper Farrell's era, maybe. Yeah, okay, so, yeah. Well, well, oh, this maybe is a bit a, late. But this yeah. is an interesting game because there was no score for about 12 minutes. Like, usually you see a game like this, they're scoring pretty much from the get-go. But, yeah, it went for ages, nil all, and then um, Storm just... Put it on, didn't they? They're you just... could see it coming. Well, I, I thought. I, well, you know, I think I could see it coming. Silly old, <laughs> stupid old bloody Wayne. In, intim- there's that word again. Intimated that Rabbitohs were headed for this, and uh, he was right. Well, good I, one, he, Wayne, because now you can't <laughs> win the comp. I know he should have told his players that they were headed for this because uh, it was a just a thrashing. Well, I think I got to pull my uh, uh, hold my hand up here. I should say, and say that Justin Ollum. Had a blinder. He did. That little kick he put through for the first try, I think, wasn't well, it? Well, like, pretty much all of Josh Adokar's six tries were created either directly or indirectly by uh, Justin Ollum. And I, I can't stand him as a bloke or a player, but I've got to take my hat off. Well done, Justin. Well, I think at least one of them was bloody Munster just got through everybody and wasn't fast enough to finish it off. But... uh yeah, geez, they look good, Melbourne, buddy. But then again, Souths look pretty bad. They look very flat-footed, I thought, in defence on their own. This is five minutes into the game. They're just plodding around all over the joint. They just didn't look interested. And yeah. I'm not going to say they gave up, but they gave up. <laughs> Panthers' next game, another thrashing over the hapless, Reynolds Sharks, 48-0. And this one you could see coming, definitely. They just ran riot, the Panthers, and... Yeah, is it a two-team comp? Is it? Well, what I noticed about this game is you just can't make a mistake against the Panthers. There was those first three tries came off three errors. You just have to play perfect against them, and they're still going to wallop you. So I just, but and the other thing I noticed, so you got blokes like Yo and Capewell just dominating, like just. Man, they were their best players. Everyone's talking about Luai and bloody Cleary, but man, those those two, the lock and the second rowers, are just something else. I've always had big raps on Yo, even before it was fashionable to. Oh, man. I, I liked him before he was famous. What do you do? I just watched that game and they were just clinical. I know. Like, and, you know, Sharks are a professional football side, but they made them look like bloody amateurs. I think I messed up my metaphors then. Anyway. Uh, next up, yeah, that was a flogger. The Sharks are gone for, for me. Oh, I don't yeah, think they gone. can. They yeah. can't even make the eight. Uh, and yet another bloody indictment on the on the bosses at the Sharks for getting rid of Johnny Morris. Um, the the players haven't responded to that. Yeah, well, what is, well, that's a good iota. point because what does that do for Hannay with his coaching future? Oh, so, like, he's none from however <laughs> many. So, if he wants to go on and be a coach, he's got this hanging over his head, him being a spectacular failure. I don't think he. I was thinking about this, you know. I don't think he does want to be a coach because if, if I'm Josh Hannay after last year having to take over at the Cowboys as an interim and then moves down to Cronulla under Johnny Morris, Johnny Morris gets sacked and then they say, "Hey, Josh, you want an interim coach?" I'd say, "Fuck off." <laughs> 
<laughs> I would not have a bar of it. And Josh just seems to be happy to roll with the punches and he'll probably end up at Canberra next year and Ricky will get <laughs> sacked halfway through. You want to be uh, coach again, Josh? Yeah, no worries, mate. But it's, not like, it. it's not like he inherited a mess from John. Like, is that going okay? They're going and, great. Yeah, now yeah, they're losing everything. It's not like he inherited a big, massive <clears throat> shit fight from somebody. So. I'd be filthy if I was a Sharks fan. It's, it's oh, an yeah, absolute a... mess at the moment, even more so than the Raiders even. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, Eels, 31, Roosters, 18, in a pretty uh, close contest, to be honest. Uh, much closer than I thought it was going to be with all of the Rooster inju- injuries, but they copped another couple. Not that I thought the two that they got hurt them too badly, but um, they were still very competitive even towards the end when they only had a couple left on their bench. Okay, so there's a couple of notable things about this. Is those put-downs from those wingers, I think the first one was from Ikevalu, and then the second one with Fergo just barreled Manu, I think it was, like ran over the top of him. Like like some of these wingers are just absolutely spectacular. Fergo's freakishly strong. Oh, that man, that put another down. Thing that and, he, and he almost got another one. That camera in the corner that's on the on the post is Oh, yeah, awesome. it was like a blade of grass. Yeah, but, geez, that's a good camera angle. I love yeah, that. And, uh, yeah, but uh, I think the Roosters tried to outmuscle them, and I think the Eels just thought, okay, well, you can do that all day, but we'll just cop it and we'll give it back to you. I think that's what happened. That's why Fergo would be a good copper too, because he's strong. Strong. <laughs> he could lift cars off, off you know, if, well, a, if a car fell on a pregnant lady or something, he could just oh, lift yeah. it off and throw it. You know the other thing, but Fergo's got kind eyes. He looks like there's a lot of kind, not, looks like there's not much going on. Back no, he's there, a, but he seems like a wonderful bloke. He does. He got led astray by Stupid Dugan. That ruined him for years, yeah, but he's but back he's good now. now. He's good now, yeah, and he's putting them down like, like just beautifully, and they're humming along pretty good. Uh, while we're on it, uh, Brad, <laughs> you didn't see the Channel 9, but uh, Brad, they crossed to Brad Arthur. They actually did an interview while uh, the game was on, and he's like, yeah, yeah, we just got to manage our completion. And then as soon as he said it, they dropped the ball, and then I think uh, Ikevalu might have been like skirted off and they scored a try. <laughs> did Brad say the F word? <laughs> he was remarkably calm. I couldn't believe it. Like, if I was him... Because it all happened while they were talking to him and and they just dropped it cold and then off they went and, and scored and he was just there chatting and uh, mm. I think uh, whoever it was said, oh, hang on, we're just going to have to just go back to the football here for a second, Brad, thanks, and off they went. But uh, another, oh. I think that was wonderful having the coaches interviewed, especially oh, when they're getting scored again. As long as they don't say the bloody F word. That's <laughs> all I ask of them. <laughs> well, no F words from uh, Brad. He was very calm. Well, the stupid Raiders on... Um Saturday got out to a 16 nil lead at half time, only to be run down with 24 unanswered points in the second half and got flogged. Well, what about the fifth time? So, what'd they say? 93 to 8. They've been outscored in the second half. That's just not good enough. I'm not going to say they're not fit again because I've been saying it all year, but they're not fit. They're not fit. I saw it. They're, they're, they're the, out on their feet. I've, I've narrowed it down even further, though. Okay, what's the, the problem? Well, the fitness, obviously, is the biggest thing, but the fitness flows into the ruck, and the ruck is where they're losing the game. They're slow mm, off the slow. ground. So slow. They're, I didn't see one quick play the ball from, yeah. from them. They're so slow, and they're slow off the ground in defense. They're, they're lying like they'll make a tackle, and they'll have to roll off to the side, and then they'll just lie there, get their breath, and hop back up, and then join the play maybe three or four plays later. It's it's pretty bloody disgraceful. And Ricky said that they're all trying their guts out, but well, they're no, not. He said that they were unlucky. No, he said he said well when he dropped well, his f bomb, he said how can I be 
how can I be fired up with all my blokes in there trying their guts out every week to win and then said that they needed a bit of luck? It's all bullshit. Yeah, they're not trying Bu- their best. Bullshit, mate. They're not trying their best. Yeah, something needs to happen down there because they were just... Well, they played good. The first half was great. It's bullshit. If it was the same as last year. Remember that stat last year? Like if the, if the games were only 70 minutes, the Raiders would have finished on top. That was a few years ago. Yeah, well now it's if the game was 40 minutes. Yeah, well it's bullshit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Titans next up were 36 to 28 winners over the West Tigers and the West Tigers go from okay to terrible to bad to not very good to horrible to... Losing close games to oh, I can't figure him out. Can you? Well, we've gone from having spectacular put downs in the Easts and uh, and uh, Eels game to probably <laughs> bloody hell, Anthony Don, what's going on? He just couldn't put it down to save his life. Like just the worst finisher I've ever seen, and slow as a wet week. I'll let you in on a secret. Mm-hmm. Anthony Don's not a very good football player. <laughs> oh, God. Well, they're lucky because AJ Brimson, I thought, was back to his best. And he I, was electric. And they came out because there's a lot of criticism again around Fafita and, uh, you know, is he worth the price tag when, you know, the week before everyone's saying that he's a bargain at $1.2 million a year or whatever it is. And uh, Brimson said something. I saw an interview with him and he said, well, if you get that much attention, of course you're going to be a bit quiet sometimes. And I think uh, that's uh, he's... Uh, bang the nail on the head there AJ this for a 36-28 game I thought was the just the most boring oh, game it was well, I was going to say it was a dour old affair wasn't it you look just at that like, scoreline you think oh geez, there must have been a few good tries and stuff but it was just boring what what now there was one part in this game and this is going to go across for the whole season when a football is going to work out that if you're the lead runner go through the line just go through the line. Why do you stop? Why do you stop? There was a disallowed try because there was an obstruction. I think they dropped it over the line anyway. Well, just go through the line. Like, yeah, you're going to have to run an extra five metres to get back to, to, the, to the play. But why do they stop? You know it's going to get called an obstruction. Jesus, stupid some of these blokes. Next up was probably the game of the round. Cowboys 19, Broncos 18. Oh, wonderful affair. You know, like, a- speaking of put-downs, Kyle Felt... Did you see that put down where his arm popped out and he reached around and, oh, God. Well, it just goes to show that Kyle Felt is the NRL's novelty player. I've always said it, haven't I? Yeah. All he's got in him is novelty. And he does those big high bilky kicks and he puts down (laughs) balls over the top of his head. That's all he's got going for him. I say Corey Oates. uh, Yeah, Corey Oates. I get Coates and Oates mixed up these days. but. Corey Oates is twice the winger that Kyle Felt oh, is. There absolutely. you go. I said it. Yeah, absolutely. But I was just talking about. Oh no, it was terrific. It was it was wonderful theatre, wasn't it? Well, it was bloody rugby league theatre. Well, as you're talk, talking about razzle dazzle from Woo! the Cowboys, I thought <laughs> I thought the Bulldogs were. Uh, so the uh, Broncos, sorry, were razzle dazzle as well. It seems like Kevy's just said, "Oh, I don't give a fuck. Just do whatever you want." And he's thrown the playbook out, and they seem to be playing better. They are well. Well, that, no. What, what I'm saying, there's lots of like little rat. Like there was one. It wasn't a try where they were chucking the ball around everywhere, and yeah, they just didn't. Se- they didn't seem to be having any confidence to do that. I suppose is what I'm saying. I'll give you the razzle, but I don't think there was much dazzle because they're going to get in at half time, and Kevy's going to bloody rub the jersey in someone's face because they're not. I think he's throwing out the playbook and he said, just do whatever you want. And I think it's helping him. And, uh, of course, they got, what's his name, old Gamble, who got injured about 15 times. And he seems to be steering him around all right. He is doing pretty good. He'll be he'll be cranky that Reynolds is going there because I, th- I think he saw the... 
<laughs> he thought he was, well, he might be 5'8 now because Milford's definitely out, I reckon. No, they're saying they're going to put uh, Katoni Staggs at 5'8, which oh, is a mistake. Okay. That'll be and a the, Whiten-esque mistake, I reckon. This is off the back of uh, Coates signing with Melbourne, mm. I think, but they probably didn't know that. Oh, well, maybe they did know that before the game. But anyway, Broncos got done by one point. So, <laughs> good game, though. I enjoyed it. Like a, uh, they call it a derby or a derby up there. What do they call it? Derby. Derby, yeah. So it had the feel of a proper derby. There was only one point in it, just like 2015. Tommy Turbo put on another clinic against the Warriors, 38-32 over them on the first game. I think it was the first game Sunday, yeah. Uh, ran riot. Oh. and But Warriors got pretty close. I thought they were going to win there. Yeah. Um, well, they could have won in the dying minutes, but well, they, they just they could have. They could have won if the Sea Eagles didn't have Tommy Turbo playing for them. Jesus yeah, that Christ. Was, that's a factor, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we've already spoken at length about Tommy T. Uh, mm, Tommy yeah, T. But Turbo. Jesus Christ, what a performance from him. But yeah, Warriors did well to stick with them. I thought they were good. Uh, and to round it out, it was Dragons 32 got over the hapless Bulldogs. <laughs> They've just got no hap whatsoever. Mm. Poor bastards. As we mentioned, uh, Kyle, poor old son of Flyblown, got hooked. Yep. T-Baz showed absolutely no bloody mercy, no kindness. His kind eyes, it's seemingly that he must put in the kind contacts because that was not kind at all. Well, no, good on him. If you're not performing, then hook him. Bloody well, he I was, don't give a shit if you're building the team around you or what. Like, that's as bad a game as I've seen a halfback oh, play for a long time. Oh, he was just awful. So we can't really read too much in the Dragons' performance, but they did look a little bit better than they, they have done lately. Warming up, get ready to cheer. This is the Winfield Cup, baby cheer. And, of course, round 10... Magic round. Magic round. Magic. Magic. Well, I don't get magic round. I never have. I suppose it's good if you've got a little posse of of, of nines to go up there with and just yeah. get on the source and make complete. If you're a Broncos fan, why would you want to watch West Tigers? That's what I don't get about it anyway. Well, that's a home game for the, for the Manly <laughs> team. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. Well, uh, Let's not worry about it. It'll just it'll just head us up too much. How are our tips looking? Am I in front yet? No. Uh, yeah. Let's see. You got five, and I got five for various reasons. You oh, tipped yeah. the you tipped the Cowboys. I got the Broncos. So you got that uh, one. Whereas I tipped the Knights. You took the Raiders. Well, I'm not tipping the Raiders ever again. You took the Warriors. I took Manly, and I took Bulldogs <laughs> against St George. So that was silly. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, the gap remains the same. You're uh, six? What, six behind, 43-37. I'll make it up. First game, Magic Round. Uh, no Thursday game this week, so it'll be tomorrow night, uh, Friday, 6 p.m. Uh, Zombie Maguire has revamped his spine for the Tigers against the Knights, switching Adam Dewey to centre and Moses Embi to 5-8. That's just lunacy. What's, uh, Moses Embi was in the centres at some point, wasn't he? Isn't that where he's been playing? Oh, all over the place. So why would you... Dewey's been playing good. He's been their best player. Well, Madge has been eating too many brains by the look of it. He looks like Prince Philip. Maybe, maybe Adge, maybe, maybe ate Prince Philip's brain. You know that photo of Prince Philip, God, God rest his soul, but anyway. He's not a well man. No, Madge is, he looks like he might be on drugs. Anyway, oh. 
Well, to some of these selections. Uh, the only good thing he did was bring Jacob Little back because I like Jacob Little with Jake Simpkins coming back to the extended bench, hopefully yeah. back to reserve grade for the Tigers fans. Sean Bloor. I love showing, saying Sean Bloor. <laughs> there you go. Never even heard of him. I'm just looking at a picture of him now. He's a handsome young fellow. It was the worst of times. It was the bloorst of times. <laughs> Halfback Jock Madden has been named on the interchange. Relegates young prop Stefano Utokamanu back to the reserves, to the Reggies. Now Tommy Talao comes back for, from suspension. And poor old cult hero, mullet man Zach Sini gets dropped back to Reggies as well. Oh, the zombies lost his bloody mind. Understandable. He wasn't very good last week. Yeah. Uh, he, did, he went from hero to zero, but still... You've got to have some you kind of have, interest for the fans. Yeah, exactly. You've got to have a cult hero there. Well, you've got to have some reason for the Tigers to travel all the way up to bloody Brisbane <laughs> to watch their stupid football team. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Knights pretty much remain 1-17 to to the team that got over stupid Raiders last week, except um, Stafford Tower, I think, comes back or something. Anyway, who do you pick? Newcastle, because I like Connor Watson. There you go. That's literally the only reason why, because they're both pretty shabby sides, both of them. Oh, God. Um, I love Dane Laurie. I think, to me, the the Knights look terrible. Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know what to do. I'm just going against you just because I want to get further in front. There you go. Good. Tigers. I was hoping you'd do that. Shut up. Uh, Sea Eagles Broncos Friday 8.05 p.m. Now, this is a home game for the Sea Eagles. Yeah, in Queens. Get that through your head. <laughs> Prop Tanila Paseka has been named after copying a couple of head knocks in the win over the Warriors and will need to satisfy HIA if he needs if he wants to line up for the Sea Eagles. Paseka will team up with veteran front rower Martin Tapao, who comes back from the head knock. Uh, I don't know if that helps him or hurts him. Uh, Sean Kippers Kepi goes back to the interchange. Zach Sadler to the extended bench, and George Tafua drops out of the squad. The drop Georgie Tafua, the oh, hitman. Gee. Ugh. Well, uh, Curtis Sirenin's not back. Uh, since now, here's a stat for you. Since Terry Tom Trebojevic returned to the Sea Eagles, they've increased their points scored per game from nine point four. This is this year, 9.4 to 32.5. <laughs> Jesus. So you reckon he makes a, a difference? He's added a little bit of attack. <laughs> uh, for the Broncos, Thomas Flegler slips into the 13 role after Patrick Carrigan. Did you know Patrick Carrigan did his ACL? Yeah, I saw that. I saw him go off in the game. Uh, I don't remember it at all. Yeah, I saw him walking down the uh, race and I thought that's not good because he walked off. So ACL was it. Yeah, poor. I like Patrick yeah, Carrigan. I like Pat. he was He's one of the few Broncos bit, I like. Well, probably the only reason I didn't notice was because Trent Robinson didn't come out in the paper after the day <laughs> after and asked for the surface to be inspected. <laughs> um, John Asiata moving up to take Flegler's spot on the interchange. And Brendan Piakura, who's a highly touted youngster, remains tantalizingly close to making his NRL, NRL debut, debut as part of the Kevolution. Um, so they need a new captain with Carrigan out, and hooker Jake Turpin's been handed the captaincy. I think he might go all right, actually. Yeah, well. Um, but it's got, it says volumes about blokes like Milford and Pangai and Haas and Lodge and those sort of fellas if he's going to get the captaincy over, yeah. over them, right? They're not leaders. Now, what hurts ones. the Broncos, sorry to cut you off, uh, hurts them is David Mead replaces Dale Copley. <sighs> On the extended bench, but I don't think he'll get no, a game. No, he won't get a run. Uh, and my favourite, Corey Oates, has eight tries in his last six games against the Sea Eagles. Who are you picking? 
Well, I can't go past the Sea Eagles, but Jesus Christ, this is the kind of game that Broncos could win if they really... I know they're away from home, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, they're not going to know where they are. <laughs> I know. All that travel. I know, on a Friday as well. Like, oh, they're not used to playing Friday nights. Oh, they'll uh, be bamboozled. Especially not at home. Uh, yeah, I think, jeez, oh, if they can shut down Turbo, they'll do all right, but... So you're going Broncos? Mm, no, no, I'm going Go on. Manly. Uh, me too, Manly. <laughs> uh, just, just. Uh, the blockbuster inexplicably called the game of the round on Fox Sports tonight. What? Serious. What? Are but, you for real? Yeah. Bulldogs versus Raiders. Bulldogs, so 16 game versus of the 12. Round. Yeah. Jesus I don't know Christ. where they get that from. Maybe Ricky's paying them. <laughs> Maybe Fox Sports have been getting into Madge Maguire's stash. Oh, of brains. No, of drugs. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Now, this might be a good game. Oh, like come on. It will absolutely enough. not be a good game. <laughs> Two As bludges. we mentioned, Kyle Flanagan's been dropped after he's hooked at halftime to loss in St. George. Uh, Jake Avarillo, as I said, and, Jay, and Brandon Wakeham coming into fire. Oh, God, that's horrible. Nick mm. Meaney moves into the centres in place of Corey Allen, is expected to miss one to three weeks with an AC injury, and uh, Tui Katoa named on the wing. Um oh. So we've got Rapana, Tarpany, and Ryan Sutton all out for the Raiders. So Hang there's on. some big outs. I'm not finished yet, mate. Oh, sorry. Jeez. I thought there was a little pause. I thought you were... No, you no. Just... I, was, I was pausing for effect because Corey <laughs> Allen's injured. And he's pretty much oh, like... Oh, he's like their only Well, he's player. their star, isn't he? Apart from Nick Chotrich. Chotrich. Who'll be coming up against his old club. Uh, Dylan Napa makes his return from a shoulder injury. I don't know if that helps him. See a drops back to the interchange. And Renner Fatoni moves from the bench to the lock in place of Corey Waddell. Mm. There's plenty of changes for T-Baz's Bulldogs. He's just gone crazy with power. Matt Dury comes in as well. Uh, now, Raiders... Inform winger, come on, nanrl.com. He's not in form at all. Who, Rappanar? Yeah, he's the slowest winger in the comp. He's slower than Anthony Don. I thought wingers were meant to be fast. uh, He's terrible at the moment. I shouldn't say. I love you, Geordie. Uh, Out with a hamstring injury, Jordan is. Replaced by Semi Valamoy, who we'll see for the first time this year, I think. Um, Hudson Young comes off the bench to take the place of uh, Ryan Sutton, who hurt his elbow. Uh, Josh Hodgson returns from the wilderness um, after sort of reported blues with Ricky to come onto the bench. Uh, Denamis Louie, who played good. I watched the Reggies last week. He played good again. I love I love Denamis always plays good. I don't know why he got dropped. He comes in and Ryan James comes in for Joe Tarpany, who's got an MCL injury. Hmm. And Ricky's scapegoat of the week is Saliva Havili goes back to Reggie's. Uh, Croker's out for another week and Nickel, the good news for the Raiders is Charles Nickel Kustar is six to seven weeks away. Um, oh, could you please make it six to seven days away? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I saw a picture of him training and I was like, thank God because, sorry, Caleb, you just, he's got defensive woes, Caleb, and he doesn't organise them and, geez, he's not even that strong in attack. But I don't think, I think he'll be back a bit sooner than yeah, that. Yeah, I think well, so I hope too. so. Well, he the, looked good at training. He looked handsome. I hope so for Craig's sake. <sighs> Otherwise, he might get in trouble again from the NRL for <laughs> swearing at Bruce Stadium. Um, I know what you're going to say, so I'm just going to write it down here. Raiders. They'll win this. Handsomely. You said that the last five weeks, mate. Yeah, but I, who could I? I couldn't. I, I don't care. I'm going Bulldogs. Okay, good. I'm filthy good. on them. Good. 
Sharks versus Rabbitohs, Saturday, 5.30 p.m. at Suncorp Stadium. They must be playing all the games there, are oh, they? Oh, okay, yeah. Magic. Oh, right. Magic oh, round. <laughs> I didn't know. 5'8", uh, yeah, yeah. Sean Johnson. Hey, do you reckon uh, Sean Johnson might be a a, a, t- a potential target for the Raiders with George Williams apparently homesick? Uh, no. I don't mind it. It's not a bad idea. I like it a whole lot more than... First I'm hearing about it. Yeah, well, that just just popped into my head then. Well, he's on the outer at the Sharks, isn't he? He sure is, and I don't know why. Well, um, it'll be a head office decision. Like, all of them wouldn't have anything to do with the coach or anything. I wouldn't mind that. Anyway, I digress. 5'8", Sean Johnson, been ruled out of what would be his 200th NRL game. Oh, is he out, is he? He's been around for a long time, hasn't he? You don't really realise how. Yeah, hamstring injury. Oh, okay. Matt Moylan may come back in to partner Chode. Chad Townsend in the halves, while reserve Braden Trindle could be elevated into the team. Joshy Dugan, our favourite, gets a call up to replace Jesse Ramian, who'll miss four to six weeks after a fractured eye socket like Billy Joe Saunders on the weekend. Got his Mm. face caved in by Canelo (laughs) Alvarez. Uh, the other big inclusion for Cronulla is Andrew Fafita. Oh, he's back. I thought he went to Super League. Uh, veteran prop returns from a New South Wales Cup suspension. <laughs> <laughs> he got suspended there and now he's allowed to play first. Yeah. Uh, he, well, he's on the oh, bench. And Billy Margulius, who I don't think is very good, drops back to the Reggies where he belongs. Uh, Mulatalo, Katoa and Ferris are all out for another week at least. Sharks have won their past four games in Queensland. It's lucky for them that this one's in... Um, Brisbane at Suncorp. <laughs> uh, Rabbitohs in a huge boost. Halfback Adam Reynolds has returned. Gee, that was quicker than they yeah, thought. Yeah, well, I thought it was b- like hanging Broken off. thumb or something, yeah. it? Like snapped in half. I don't know. Anyway, mm. he gets the seven jersey back, of course. Benji Marshall back to 5'8", which puts uh, Dean Hawkins, who hasn't shown us much yet, back to the Reggies. Tane Milne brought into the wing. Dan Gagai to res- uh, return to the centres, and Stephen Masters joins Hawkins on the extended bench. Uh, Liam Knight, the uh, famously sprayed his mouth with air regard to avoid an RBT, um, looks to come in to swap with Jai Arrow at lock, maybe? Yeah. That's the that's no, the Joey scuffle, Arrow's on the bench, is he? I don't know. Um, that's where they're naming him here on the bench. So mm, The Rabbitohs have won their past 16 of 20 games when Reynolds has played. There you go. That shows his value, yeah. especially after they got... Um, Towelled last week without him. Well, here's the two tallies from last week, isn't it? Both of them off the back of floggings. Mm. So, hard to go past Souths. Mm. Yeah, Souths. I'll go Souths yeah. with Reynolds back. Me too. Although he might not be fit. Nah, Souths. Go Souths. Oh, he'll be fit. It's just whether, he, whether he'll know where he is. Mm. Queensland. Uh, Roosters versus Cowboys Saturday four, uh, 7.45pm at Suncorp Stadium this one Lachlan Lamb returns to 5.8 uh, for poor old Drewy Hutchison with that <laughs> punctured lung that's got to hurt doesn't it yeah. Jesus Christ how do they fix that I don't know they stitch it up bit of that tape that the bloke slaps on the side of the water tank on that ad no maybe? no it might be that stuff they put inside the inner tubes of tyres oh slime yeah slime and <laughs> I don't know. Oh, geez, it doesn't sound good. Don't you need your lungs to breathe without holes in them? Anyway. Not if you're Wayne Bennett. <laughs> Has S- he got any lungs? No, nah, he's a fish. <laughs> Satili Tupanua is back from suspension in the back row for the Roosters. Uh, Nat Butcher to the interchange bench. That's a strange one. I wouldn't have put Nat Butcher back for Tupanua. I think Butcher's yeah, been I think going Butcher's better. Yeah, Butcher's good. Anyway. Impact. Uh, 
Radley and Walker have both been named despite Radley suffering an HIA. And Walker looked to have a couple of little injuries, um, yeah. I think, with an ankle and a shoulder. Um, and Wonder, Wunderkind, is that how you say that? Yeah. Wunderkind Suwali uh, is in the Reggies again. Still hasn't made his debut. No, no, Trent just likes to keep his bloody superstars close to his and chest. I see he? Lachlan Lamb. So, yeah, you just said that. Lachlan Lamb's in for Hutchison. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, He's back from whatever he... I think he had an injury. Oh, I was going to say, because I reckon Lamb's a better player than bloody poor old Drew. Slow old Drew anyway. He's a bit slow, isn't he? He's a good kicker, though. Uh, Hacho. Uh, Cowboys unchanged from last week's triumph over the Broncos. Um, they the, looked good last week, I thought, the Cowboys. I thought uh, blokes like a bloody Cohen Hess finally... He looks different, Cohen Hess. He's got a different haircut or something. Maybe that's why he's going a bit better. Anyway, I thought they looked pretty good. Jake Clifford played all right. I think this one... Is the most primed for an upset. Yes. Well, I was hoping you wouldn't say that because I'm going to tip the Cowboys. Um, well, the Roosters have only won two of their last nine games at Suncorp. Wow. But they haven't, Jason played, they haven't played the Cowboys at Suncorp though, have they? Well, it's lucky that this one's at Suncorp. <laughs> um, I'm just going to milk that for all it's worth for the rest of this whole segment. <laughs> I'm going to go to, yeah, I'll go Cowboys just because oh. I, I hate the Roosters. Yeah, I think they'll win though. Roosters, uh, sorry, Warriors versus Eels Sunday, one fifty at Suncorp Stadium. Ben Murdoch, Masilla, yes, he's back. He's back. The zombie. Oh no, this is. Oh, I keep thinking he's at West. Sorry, Brownie brings him back. <laughs> uh, Bailey Sirenen drops the reserves, and the only change that's a strange one too. Uh, Roger Tuivasa's Sheck has scored eight tries from ten games against the Eels. Uh, Brad Arthur. Now this is the mind blower of the week. Named his son Jacob. And there was all kinds of kerfuffle about this too, apparently, uh, where they had to register his contract because he... Oh, because of the COVID thing. Oh, something about... No, he was he was in the development squad, but because of the COVID thing and, and they got the two suspensions last week, Dylan Brown and that other fool in the, in the centres, they had to bring fellas in from the development squad and it just so happens that it's Brad's son himself, Jacob with a K. Jacob with a K. Yeah, um, well, I'll be interested to see how he goes because he looks nothing like Brad. Mm. So he could be anybody's son. Uh, <laughs> Wonga Blake makes a timely return. I'm, I haven't seen him for ages. I like Wonga. Oh, and uh, I'll just see that uh, Reed Marnie's back, but he copped a pretty decent knock on the weekend. He didn't come back. Yeah, well, they've both been named uh, Reed Marnie and Nathan Brown with that hip injury, and mm. Sean Lane goes back to the bench. But I don't know, what are you doing, Brad Arthur? Ray Stone replaces Ray. Hayes Dunster on the bench and uh, Joey Lussick and Jordan Rankin have been named on the extended bench as cover because it looks like there's a bit of toing and froing. This would be a tough one for the Warriors. I reckon I usually wouldn't go for Parramatta here, like as far as beating the Warriors, but you know who's been bloody lighting it up? Bryce Stupid Cartwright. Oh, his last three weeks are as good as anybody in the NRL. Have you watched him? Obviously not. <laughs> no, Let's just put just aside gonna, all of the shit. I was just going to ask if you'd watched him. Oh, <laughs> I've watched him, and I I got to say, like credit where it's due. Oh, I think he's been really good. I think your memory's too short. No way. You watch, you'll Ooh, turn it on right, again. I'm writing down Parramatta Eels. Oh, I don't want to go for him, but they'll win. Well, you just did Warriors for me. Oh, I got another one back. Storm versus Dragons, Sunday, 4.05. 
Brandon Smith suspended oh, for the storm. For? Um, I think it was a crusher. Oh, there was a little uh, clip of him grabbing old Bellamy today and wrestling into oh, the ground and then just hum- so hum- humping him. Just a hilarity at storm training, isn't it? Oh, mm. it's just a wonderful atmosphere. Yeah, meanwhile, Bellamy's probably oh. Harry Grant them. comes back. Oh, sorry, Harry Grant injured and Cam Munster injured. Ryan Pappenhausen has been named in the reserves but may not play. Do you reckon they're getting rested? Oh, I don't know. You don't reckon they're getting rested? I reckon he's resting them. He's showing them zero respect. It's too early to rest, isn't it? I don't well, know. Origin's coming up. Riley Jacks goes to 5'8". Kenny Bromwich at hooker. Uh, Kamakamika shifts to the second row. Dale Finucane at lock and Tyson Smoothie and uh, Tom Eisenhuth He on played the bench. good, actually, the other week. Last week, Eisenhuth, he was very good. They've uh, they've scored 40 points or more in five of their last six games, the Storm. Jesus uh, Christ. Ravalawa returns for, from suspension on the wing in place of Matt Fiaguy. Uh, Fianai, sorry, you say it. And uh, Farmasili replaces round nine junior debutante Junior Amone on the bench. Dragons have scored 30 points or more in three of their past four games against the Storm, no less. Hmm. Has Josh Maguire won any games yet? Yeah, last week. Last week. Uh, Storm is significantly weakened, but... Mm, without Munster. <laughs> Sorry, I just sniffed into the, into the mic. Charming. Sorry. I'm going Storm. Yeah, Storm. Um, and Titans-Panthers, Sunday, 6.25. Tino sent home from the Gold Coast training session on Wednesday because he's still getting over a bout of gastroenteritis. En- en- enteritis? Gastroenteritis. Gastro poo, he's pooing. (laughs) Thanks, Doctor. (laughs) He's in no doubt of playing at this stage, so he's all right. He won't poo. He's all right. He just got. (laughs) What's the stuff? Emodium. What's the stuff that firms you up? I don't know. Emodium? I'll have to ask a doctor. David Fafita was named on Tuesday, but uh, received a a two match suspension on Tuesday night after unsuccessfully having his grade two high tackle charge. Well, see, I can't remember remember what this was for. It was a high tackle. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I don't Uh, remember where that happened. Well, he's out. Uh, Not that it's going to matter, but uh, Bo Firma moves to the second row to replace Fafita. And uh, Isan Masters, the, the recent recruit. Gets a chance at centre. Mm. Tana Boyd re- retains the 5 eighths jersey. Um, the Titans have conceded 140 points in their last four games, Jeez. FYI. Kurt Capel misses a week after a failed HIA. Liam Martin starts in the back row and Jermaine Hopgood. Did you know Jermaine Hopgood's got an apostrophe in Jermaine? Yeah, I saw that. That's terrific. Yeah, wonderful. Mormons is back after three-game suspension. The unfair suspension, I might add. Uh, Matt Burton still in the starting side, however. Uh, they'll become only the seventh team to win their first 10 games in a season if they can get over the Titans, which they absolutely will. Did they agree? win their first t- 10 last year? or No. No, I think they lost one of them. Oh, they lost oh, one. I, don't, I can't remember. Jeez, uh, yeah. Penrith will win this. I, I'm going to say it, this will be their biggest win of the season. I've got a feeling. Oh, you reckon? Yeah. I, I've got a feeling that the Titans... What if they go out there and slip in some Atino's poop? They're cooked. (laughs) Absolutely cooked. 70 nil. There you go. There's a prediction. They're going to have to hose down Tino's poop. So you've gone Knights, Manly, Raiders, South, Cowboys, Eels, Storm, Penrith. Eight out of eight. 
Tigers, Manly, Bulldogs, South, Cowboys, Warriors, Storm, Penrith from me. And it'll be 51 to 37 next week. Thank you for listening to League Indeed for another week. I just want to give a quick shout out to my friend Sam, Sammy McLeod over in Canberra there. Huge, huge fan of the boxing, loves the fight game. Not so much league, but g'day Sam, we know you're listening. Thank you, mate. Good on you, Sammy. And we want to apologise for a few swears that might have crept into this week's episode. We'll promise we'll clean it up for next week. <laughs> See you then. See ya. Winfield Cup. This year, it's even bigger.